This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, September 28th, 2014. David, the decision. Psalm 51. David's plea for God's mercy after he's made some very poor choices. Today we're going to focus on the decision, on his decision to make poor choices as we close out our series entitled David. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day, and it's no accident that any one of us are here today. I would ask you, Lord, to open up our hearts that we might receive the message that you have intended for each one of us and experience transformation. I pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. Well, it happened late one afternoon when David rose from his couch and was walking up out on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. The the woman was very beautiful. David sent someone to inquire about the woman. It was reported this is Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, the, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David sent messengers to get her, and she came to him, and he and he lay with her. Now she was purifying herself after her period. Then she returned to her house. The the woman conceived and and sent and told David, I am pregnant. Well, David's all grown up now, isn't he? We've been talking for the last three weeks about the young boy, David and Goliath, the shepherd boy. He's no shepherd boy anymore. No shepherd boy anymore. He's king. And he's playing the part very, very well. He sees what he wants, and he takes it. And in this case, it's a woman. He sees her while taking an afternoon stroll on the palace roof following his nap. Tough life, this king thing. He sees her bathing. See, the palace sits above the other houses, so he looks down and sees her bathing. He he likes what he sees. So he inquires as to who this is. It's interesting what he's told. Her name, who her father is, who her husband is. Sadly, this is a society where a woman's identity is determined by the men in her life. Knowing she's married, David continues his pursuit as he sends messengers to go and get her, and then proceeds to have his way with her. Now, in some movies, Bathsheba is portrayed as this temptress who lures David into this place where he shouldn't be. But we're here to say that there's nothing in the text that supports that. In fact, David takes advantage of Bathsheba because he is someone of power. In that day, a woman really could not say no to the king. So, After David has his way with her, she returns home. Apparently, for David, this was a one-night or one-afternoon stand, or so he thought. But 
not so fast. Because then we, there is a complication here. <laughs> because then we hear the words of Bathsheba when she says, I am pregnant. Our message today is entitled, The Decision, and at first it might seem that the decision we're talking about today is the decision to have sex with Bathsheba. But, let's not be quite so quick, so limiting. And instead, the decision we're talking about today is David's decision to make several very bad choices. And, and his bad choices don't really begin with an afternoon tumble with a married woman. The bad choices began before he even saw her from the rooftop. We looked at the scripture this morning in 2 Samuel and began with verse 2. Let's backtrack, give you the backstory of this as we look at 2 Samuel chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab with his officers and all Israel with him. They ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But, say the rest with me, David remained in Jerusalem. Hello. Hello. Have you ever been where you're not supposed to be? You don't have to answer that because I know almost without fail, every one of us can put their hand up. Wrong place. <laughs> See some smiles. Wrong time. The bad choice David made with Bathsheba began not with him seeing her bathing and bringing her to the palace. It began by not being where he was supposed to be. It's, a, it's kind of a logical sequence here. It's spring. Spring is when kings are off to battle. David is a king. Therefore, David should be on the field of battle rather than taking afternoon naps and strolls on the roof. Instead of David leading the troops, Joab, his nephew, was leading the army. Now, now from what we read in Scripture, Joab was a very capable leader, a very capable leader of troops, but he was not king. The king should have been leading the troops, but the king wasn't where the king was supposed to be. Well, once again... David's story is our story. How often, when we look back, do we see times in our lives where we were someplace where maybe we shouldn't have been? How often, when we look back, do we see that some of our decisions land us in places that aren't so great? In fact, land us in places that lead to bad I mean, it's a bad choice, and then the bad choice leads to bad or horrible consequence. I think most of us have been there at some level. And it's the decision before the decision that all too often brings about the bad results. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Sometimes there's stuff, there's stuff that gets us to that place of bad decision. Let's say that together. It's the decision before the decision that often brings the bad results. 
it gets worse. When he's told that Bathsheba is pregnant, rather than manning up with the truth, David masterminds a plan of deceit. Another bad choice. He, he sends word to Joab, his general, to, to send Uriah the Hittite, the husband of Bathsheba, home from the battlefield. When, when Uriah arrives, David shares some small talk and then tells him to go home and wash his feet. Seems kind of strange until you realize that's a euphemism for um, um, having sex in the Bible. See, his hope is that Uriah will sleep with, uh, with, uh, with his wife Bathsheba, and when she gives birth, then it will seem that Uriah is the father of the child. I'm not sure they took into account that David's a redhead, and I'm not sure Uriah was, but that's beside the point. And this is all pre-DNA, you get it? The pre-DNA. So he's thinking, boy, have I got the plan. And it's not a bad plan, but there's one flaw that he didn't take into account. Instead of sleeping with his wife, Uriah sleeps outside the king's house with the servants. You see, when he was asked why, he says it would be unfair for him to enjoy all the comforts of home while his comrades are still out there on the field of battle. Well, not to be foiled, David tells him, oh, just stay another day, and then has him over for dinner. He wines and dines him. Uriah gets drunk, hoping now that he will go home to his wife. This is better than TV, isn't it? This is, and who says the Bible is boring? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Again, <laughs> he tells Uriah to go home to his wife, and Uriah makes the decision to sleep with the servants rather than going home. Isn't it ironic that the soldier in the field is much more honorable at this point than the king of Israel. Interesting. Unfortunately for him, Uriah's honor will cost him dearly. And so David continues to make bad choices. He, he sends Uriah back to the battlefield with a letter in hand to his commander, Joab, instructing Joab to place Uriah in the front lines of the fiercest fighting and then to draw back so that he would be exposed and struck down. Joab follows the orders, as a good soldier does, and, and Uriah was killed in battle as per David's plan. When Bathsheba hears that her husband is dead, she mourns for him. And when the period of mourning is over, David brings her to the palace and she becomes his wife and gives birth to their son. David's decision to stay home from war, to not be where he was supposed to be, to take naps and to stroll on a rooftop, to not be with his troops in battle, it was that decision that resulted in many bad choices. Not only does he commit adultery and very seriously abuse his power with Bathsheba, but in order to cover up all this one thing after another after another, doesn't that happen? You know, we try to cover our tracks. 
Well, that's what David was trying to do, these bad choices, and so he even commits murder by having Uriah killed on the battlefront. Making the initial decision to not be where we're supposed to be sets us up for a continual, continued pattern of bad choices, doesn't it? It was true for David, it's true for you and me. The problem is that once we rationalize and justify the first bad decision to ourselves, we may see things like, uh, well, I'm the king and I can do whatever I want. Or, I'm an uh, adult and I can do whatever I want. Same thing, I'm king whatever, or queen, wherever you want to place that. Uh, uh, I don't want to do it, let somebody else. Or, why not do it? Nobody's going to know. We start doing things like that, it becomes easier and easier to rationalize and to justify our bad choices. To quote Sir Walter Scott from the poem, Marmion, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. You've heard that quote, there it is. Or even better, a little more modern, one we've shared before, quoting Spider-Man's Uncle Ben Parker. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. Unfortunately, I guess David never saw Spider-Man, did he? Yes, he didn't. Because he didn't know or he forgot this. But we do it so often as well, don't we? Way back when the people of Israel were first demanding a king, and we talked about this in the first Sunday of our series, Samuel, who was a prophet, warned them that what a king would demand of them, would take from them. Who would have thought that it included the king taking one's wife and also taking one's life? As we said, David's story is our story. Maybe not in the exact details, but overall, when we're not where we're supposed to be, Bad things can and often do happen. I remember back when I was in the insurance business, uh, some managers' meetings over in Baltimore. And in the evening, uh, I went along with some guys to some places. Well, let's just say some places that I shouldn't have been going. We shouldn't have been going. Places that could have resulted in some very bad consequences. Fortunately, they didn't, but they could have. Fortunately, they didn't. Very fortunately, they didn't. But. <laughs> But looking back, even though they didn't result in bad, immediate bad consequences, what kind of a witness was that as someone who claimed Christ at the time? What, what, what kind of a model was I to those around me? What kind of consequences may have happened? You know, bad choices are bad choices, aren't they? Yeah. Back to David. David doesn't acknowledge or take responsibility for his bad choices until a friend named Nathan, who was a prophet, points them out to him. Here's how Nathan does it. It's pretty creative, actually. He uses a story in which he tells of a rich man who has many herds of sheep, lots and lots of sheep. But in order to feed a traveler that comes by, he goes to his neighbor who has only one sheep, takes that sheep to feed the traveler. The man was very poor, and his one sheep now was gone. David, when he hears this story, he gets really, really mad. 
and, and he says to Nathan, you are the man. Or Nathan says to David, did I say that right? Nathan says to David, you are the man. And then Nathan proceeds to share as God's prophet the truth to David, telling him how God had given David everything and would have given David even more. And yet, it wasn't enough. David had Uriah killed and took Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. David is told that as a result of his behavior, his poor decisions, that the child that Bathsheba was carrying would not live. And even though, here's the takeaway, even though we are forgiven, and David was forgiven because he cried out and said, you know, oh Lord, forgive me, David does not erase the consequence of sin, of David's sin, God does not erase the consequence of our sin. God doesn't magically take away pain and suffering that is brought on by sin. You know, it's so easy for us like David to get real caught up in ourselves and, and in our sins. So easy to allow one bad choice to lead to another bad choice to lead to another bad choice and on and on. So, so easy to get far, far from God. David was fortunate to have Nathan there to hold him accountable. We all need a Nathan in our lives. Uncomfortable, as that might be at times, it's hard to hear things that a Nathan will share with you. It's important to have one or two or three. We would encourage you, find a Nathan. Maybe one good place would be in a small group. Small group is, uh, is very good Nathanville for each Nathanville. of us. Nathanville, that's go. good. Yeah. Well, today's story of David has some pretty serious consequences. All too often, the decisions that we make are of much smaller consequence, or at least they seem that way. But oftentimes, it's so much easier to just justify and rationalize our own actions. I think we're pretty good at that at times. So here's something to consider. <clears throat> what actions or decisions that you've made or are making or will make, where in your life are you rationalizing or justifying what that's all about? You know, I know in some of my life, when I have made a bad decision, then I have to cover up that decision and tell another lie and then tell another lie, and then you forget what the truth even is. That's what happens when we begin to rationalize and justify our decisions. And what happens is that we begin to not live the life that God wants for each one of us a life where we're connected to Jesus and the life that he offers. And we are all guilty of this, every single one of, this, of us. And in the end, it, it causes us to not be able to experience all that God has planned for our lives. Hmm. But here's the good news. As we said, David's story is our story. And 
Even a guy as great as King David made mistakes, as we've shared today, bad decisions, poor choices, and so do we. <clears throat> and we will continue to do so. That's, that's the tough part. It's important for us to try to limit these bad choices, to not allow one bad choice to, to, to lead to another bad choice, or to try to look ahead, possibly, and realize uh, where the choice may lead. But even if we do all that sooner or later, chances are pretty good we're going to make a bad choice, aren't we? Sooner or later. Just like David. But here's the good news. God forgave David. And God forgives you and me. God forgave David and God forgives you and me. Hard as that is to imagine sometimes, challenging as that is, God forgives us. In our case, it's thanks to Jesus Christ. You know, our sin separates us from God so far that, that, that we can't pay the price for that sin. We, we can't cover what that sin does on our own. It separates us so far that there's this like sin gap between us and God that, that we cannot close. But Jesus died to pay that price. Uh, Jesus is able to, to bridge that sin gap between us and God so that we won't be separated from God for eternity. And through that bridge, as we've shared so many times, Jesus brings us new life. The old is gone. The new has come. God forgave David, and God blessed David in Bathsheba with another son, and his name was Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. Solomon was the successor to David's throne. Isn't it incredible how God can redeem us, how God redeemed David? in David's bad decisions, and how God can redeem us as well. We all make decisions, and we want to ask you to consider perhaps the best, no, not perhaps, absolutely the best decision that you would ever make in your life. And that would be to claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to go before Christ and say, I am a sinner saved by your grace. Please forgive me. I want to live for you. And then in that, we experience new life and we're redeemed because Jesus paid that price. That sin gap is closed through the cross, through Jesus Christ, who lived and died and rose again for each one of us. And if you've already made that decision, that is awesome. But every single day we need to make another decision and we might need to make it in the afternoon and we need to make it again at night to say, Jesus, I'm gonna live for you and you are my Lord. And when we say you are my Lord, do you know what that means? That means that top shelf, that's who, you know, we, the Lord, there's nothing below the Lord or nothing above the Lord. It's like we are completely submissive to his will and his way. When I say Jesus is my Lord, 
That doesn't mean Alan is more important than Jesus. Jesus is more important, and then Alan and the kids and everything comes after that. Jesus is Lord. And so we would ask you to consider that, to pray about that, to go back in the corner and pray with someone to say, okay, I'm not really sure what she's talking about, but can we talk about it a little bit more and pray about it? And if it's not today, there's tomorrow, we hope. So we can learn an awful lot from David, from his choices, from his decisions, and the good news is that we are all redeemed when we accept Christ for new life. That's the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for this message about David and Bathsheba, Uriah and Nathan, and this whole series on David. Thank you for your word, for what you teach us, God, prompt us by your Holy Spirit to open up the book, open up the Bible, and get to know you more and more. God, show us who you want to be our Nathan, to hold us accountable. And most of all, God, thank you for your forgiveness and for your new life. Nothing can come against us when we have you as our Lord and Savior. We thank you and praise you this day and all days in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.